This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. I'm your host, Lee Llewellyn. So this is the next in our series of Economic Development is More Important Than Ever uh, podcasts. And today I'm talking with Alan Teo, the CEO of the Kosciuszko uh, County Economic Development Corporation. Um, they've kind of rebranded themselves as TEDCO. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we see coming across our email sometime. Uh, so Alan, thanks for being with us today. Hey Lee, thank you for the invitation. Okay. So I know you've been doing a variety of things as have your, have your peers around the state uh, to really, I think, uh, integrate some of your regular activities with, with the, some of the, the pandemic and the COVID-19 activities. So I know there were some things that were in place that you altered and some other new things that you started. So let me go back to one of the, the things that you launched in response to COVID-19, uh, and that was uh, your uh, uh, Small Business Relief Fund. You, you launched that on April 23rd. So spend a few minutes talking about uh, an overview of the fund and sort of what the, the intent was. Sure, that's a great question. So. Uh, this fund, like a lot of what we're doing, is we're evolving and adapting uh, our operation to meet the needs of companies that help our communities. And so uh, we already had a revolving loan fund in place. So we said, hey, let's take the time to establish this small business relief fund uh, specifically focused on job retention and business recovery. And so um, that actually that fund has been through, I think, at least a couple different iterations as we've, again, responded to the changing needs. Um, but we have a fund in place where we have dollars committed from the city of Warsaw, from the town of Winona Lake. Uh, we have a pending request to Kosciuszko County Council, as well as some dollars from uh, OPER, from the Office of Community Rural Affairs, uh, to support companies. We want to help companies see them through these difficult and trying times, but also make sure we're helping people point toward, you know, what comes next? What are they going to do going forward? And, and how do we help prepare them for that? Who have you been able to help so far? What's been your experience with the fund to date? Yeah, so so far we have four loans approved. We have about 20 total in our pipeline uh, with quite a, uh, you know, a few more requests we anticipate coming. And so starting with Main Street businesses uh, you know, that have really seen their, their current business model uh, impacted the most through this, this whole shutdown, the stay-at-home and the shutdown. Um, but we do anticipate you know, working with any, in any range of manufacturers or other kind of companies, you know, looking at companies ideally of fewer than 50 people, uh, preference for companies that you know, can show they have not been able to access other tools like paycheck protection or the idle loan program when it was available. Um, and again, being able to demonstrate to us that, that they're going to retain jobs and also help to prepare for what, what they're going to do going forward. And so I guess the latest spin on that is in with the Okra dollars we have. Uh, again, I mentioned we're evolving this uh, in real time or adapting in real time. Um, you know, we had applied uh, to Okra for funding to use as a revolving loan fund program, similar to the dollars we have from the other partners. Um, you know, they're encouraging us to look at how we might use the dollars as grants. So uh, that's where we're going to marry up our loan funds and grant funds. But again, with a specific focus for the grants, show us how you're going to use these dollars uh, to do something new and different. Uh, to help you know move your business forward if it's uh, getting into e-commerce if it's changing um, if you're retail how you might serve customers in your in your existing location uh, just whatever else it is that we want to be able to help people work through that and, and work with 
any of our partners, if it's uh, we have our entrepreneurship partner, Rhonda Laddig on board, Lori Shipman who helps run our, our RLF program, uh, you know, partners around the state like SBC and SCORE and others, LA Ventures, just let, let's look at that entire uh, network we have available and see how do we work together to help, uh, help prepare that business for what's next. Well, so I do want to talk about the revolving loan fund, but but explain a little bit more in terms of the the small business relief fund. Um, uh, who makes the decision about you know who's getting those funds? And I don't know if I heard you say uh, is that uh, are those is that a forgivable loan? Is it a repayable loan? Is it a grant? How is that how is that working? Yeah. So the Small Business Relief Fund, uh, as you ask about, is a zero interest loan program. Zero interest loan. Uh, we can defer the first payment up to six months, and then the loan is uh, up to 24 months. Uh, so it's a 30 month then you know, time frame uh, total, up to $10,000 per loan. And so that is a loan program. Again, we're using the existing framework we had in place for the RLF program. So we have a loan review committee. They're actually meeting weekly by Zoom, of course. Uh, and so we can work pretty quickly to, to respond and help people prepare their applications, get in front of our committee, uh, close the loans, and then again, be able to, in the near future, add in the grant component, which would be specific to the OCRA dollars. Uh, and so that's something new. But again, as I mentioned, we already had this RLF program in place. Uh, it was funded through uh, some state and local dollars going back, I think, almost 10, 15 years, uh, as well as a more recent uh, allocation of USDA rural development dollars. So we have multiple pots of money and we can help our applicants really match up with the best uh, sources of funds. So what kind of people, uh, this question has been asked a couple of times, so what kind of people are serving on uh, your loan review committee? Uh, who's there and, and uh, what do they represent? So to date our loan committee is comprised of bankers. Uh, again going back to how the RLF program was established, it was through some state dollars as well as uh, investments from a series of local banks and a credit union. And so we have a team of local bankers. These are people that have visibility on the needs in the community. And they fully understand that they're not coming at this program with their banker hats on, right? They're coming at this from a community developments perspective. Uh, you know, going forward, I do envision as we, if we loan out all these dollars, gives us a chance to then reset our program and look at what other voices, you know, could we bring to the table with our review committee. Uh, so I anticipate we will add some other, other perspectives as well which is similar to how we had a program set up uh, when I was over in Whitley County next door. Uh, we had a very successful program. Uh, we can point to companies where, you know, help start and grow a company from a $10,000 loan into a company that now has 40 employees and, and was acquired by a firm here in Warsaw. So uh, some great success stories, um, but that we need to help build that, that case history here in Kosciuszko County as well. So thanks for that. And, uh, let's, let's talk about how, um, all of our perspectives have changed, or, or have they? And I guess that's, that's the question. So prior to this, as we, and this is a question that I've that, uh, talked with, with a number of your peers, prior to everything starting, if we go back to February, which seems like a very long time ago, uh, you know, we were all sort of wrestling with the question of an unemployment rate of two and three percent. Um, and, and we were focused more on the fact that we had more jobs than we had people to fill them. Uh, and now we come out of this with uh, an unemployment rate, at least in April, that was published for Indiana at 16.9%. Right. So just in, in, you know, three months, you know, we've seen such a drastic change. How has that changed your perspective on what you're doing relative to talent in Kosciuszko County 
Um, do you, so what, how, how has that changed your talent um, efforts, talent and workforce? Sure, sure. So it reminds me of a quote. It's attributed to Gerald Ford. Uh, things are more like they are now than they've ever been. And so I don't know what to read into that other than, you know, we continue to adapt and, and you know, respond to the needs. So we have a one-page work plan for 2020. And, you know, I, I look at the work plan every couple of weeks. And as I've seen, you know, we kind of work through this pandemic, you know, we're still, still able to execute on everything on a work plan. Just a matter of, you know, the questions are the same. Some of the answers are different, right? How we're doing that. And so, um, you know, our swim lane, we continue to work on the talent recruitment effort, uh, developing and putting the, the finishing touches on that. Uh, involved in the housing initiative and supporting entrepreneurship, community development projects. We have some transformative projects in our pipeline. And then focusing on the uh, agribusiness and orthopedic sectors in particular. So all the building blocks are still there. It's just some of how we're reaching companies, some of the, the things we're working through with companies are, are changing as a result of all this. Uh, for example, we had planned um, to launch an event this fall to, to really spotlight uh, the orthopedic sector with a summit that would bring people here to the Warsaw area, um, you know, that's going to be delayed, right? Uh, not going to have a, a large-scale event in Warsaw, uh, at least to try to plan on this sort of a timeline for fall, fall of 2020. So, you know, we're asking, okay, what else can we do? So with our medical device roundtable we host, we're having a monthly, instead of quarterly, monthly sessions to bring together that group, that audience with some speakers from outside the area who can share, you know, new ideas, new perspective, uh, in this case, we've had sessions on innovation uh, as well as on design thinking. And that's actually led us to a summer series we're launching of six sessions that'll start uh, next week. So as it relates to talent, uh, to get back to your question, um, you know, we are still very much focused on the long game of, of making sure this community is well positioned for talent attraction and talent recruitment, uh, that we don't want people to, to miss the opportunity to, to live here, to work here, to come back here, uh, because they just don't know you know, what's happening in the community or, or what we have to offer. And that's where uh, there's already a, a clearly Kosciuszko brand identity emerging. And so it's up to us to really fill in the narrative of what, what does that brand offer? Uh, what do we offer people? What's the value proposition of being here? And that then is tying back into our work as we go out and promote the Warsaw Tech Park or development of the Buffalo Street Corridor in Warsaw or promotion of housing development throughout the county at Catalyst sites so we have more workforce housing. And so again, we're already well positioned to support all that. Just a matter of now, it's it's being directed a little bit different different way. Well, and I had a conversation this morning. Uh, this is a separate thing, but with uh, Mike Rutz from TMAP, mm -hmm. uh, who said that 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 he's working with you and on some of the talent attraction things. So what does that look like? So with TMAP, our, our plan there, our project there, is to create a talent pipeline. To let's let's help companies find. Uh, and deliver them a talent pipeline. So, you know, if we know we have leading employers uh, in the area, and not just, you know, we're not just a one company town. These are, you know, entire orthopedic industry, and then other agribusiness, recreation sector companies, um, that we can, you know, we can make a good presentation to people uh, who maybe come from a suburban or rural area near another uh, major metro market, or who, uh, you know, have attended a school like a Grace College, or who you know are from the Midwest but have moved out elsewhere and might be ready to come home, uh, we can partner with TMAP to reach those people, communicate to them, uh, find out if they're interested in relocating back to the area, and then pre-qualify a candidate pool for local employers um, who then you know can, can pick from a pool. But with us working at that at a community level, if company A picks five people out of a pool of 20, 
we still have the other 15 of that pool of 20 to offer to company B. Uh, and so really want to help take out some of the slack and, and, and really fill the gap there in connecting you know, talent, people from outside the area we believe you know, would, would be interested in this area, we, we know would be because we've talked to them, and then connect them to companies in the area that are hiring. Uh, we, just, we, we believe strongly that we have a great product offer, and the companies here want to continue to grow here. And you know, even behind that, with our, our Road to One Million plan as a region, uh, you know, Costco County has a role to play uh, toward that regional development plan, which, which if we do our part, is at least 20,000 new residents in the next 10 years. That's, that's a big, that's a big uh, 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 jump for us, but we're ready for it. Well, do you think, though, has, has any of that had to change, though, again, because now suddenly you have, uh, and I, who knows what the unemployment rate is today in, in Kosciuszko County, but, but does that change your workforce uh, development strategy in terms of having that many or having a number of people displaced now who weren't displaced three months ago? I mean, do we have a sense of how many of those folks will go back? How many of them are displaced permanently because their their skills don't match up? Does that change your your thinking or your roadmap in any way? I don't think it does. I think we continue with the same roadmap. Uh, you know, we may focus more on retention. There are still companies uh, hiring in the area, so helping retain that workforce here, or even if there are folks who maybe have been commuting outside of our community uh, or our area, that we can help them find jobs in this area. Now, you know, we partner with groups like Work One on some of that activity. Uh, but then also gives us time to prepare and, and really uh, test out some of our other other uh, services like the TMAP collaboration or like a, 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 an outreach we've put together to transplants to the area called Outside the Fishbowl. Again, just gives us more time to test out some of those, uh, the different services, uh, and it really build up the partnerships we have in the area with groups like Grace College, uh, OrthoWorks, and others that we can, again, make sure we have a robust platform to offer. And what I, we're working toward is having an entire menu of services we can, we can offer companies to help it just come alongside and help the recruitment efforts. So shifting a little bit, uh, I think one of the things that certainly I'm aware of, because I see uh, Alan Teo's name in my email box or showing up on my, you know, my social media feeds uh, on a very regular basis, probably more than just about anybody else, uh, I think you know, you have really leveraged that social media platform in a variety of different uh, digital platforms, I think, to communicate in a variety of different ways. And that seems to have stepped up uh, just in the last couple of months even more so. So how has that been part of your strategy, part of your response to COVID-19? Uh, and, and, you know, how do you see that helping to, to, to expand or continue sort of your mission and your activity? Sure. So this is, this is us just carrying forward with our 2020 work plan. So, you know, relatively new with the organization back in fall of 2018. Uh, it is still a relatively young organization. As a full-time uh, local economic organization, KEDCO is only 10 years old. And so, you know, relatively young organization, a uh, new team in place. We have a new mission and a new work plan we launched uh, last year. And so we need to utilize social media to reintroduce the organization uh, to, to share what we're working on, what we have available as far as services and capabilities, and to help create some and, and share success stories. Uh, so our business model to convene, build, and show our community's economic growth resources, I mean, a big part of that is, again, just showing what we have to offer, what's available here, uh, with or without the uh, impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic, again, helping companies navigate some of the resources that are available, 
Uh, we don't want to become the clearinghouse, the clearinghouse for information, for resources. We think there, you know, we have a role to play, but we don't want to be the go-to specifically for COVID-19, uh, but to become the single point of contact for local business and helping them navigate and find the, the right resources at the right time. So social media is very important to us. Uh, again, as we look to re relaunch our organization, rebuild uh, you know, what we're known for in the community and, and become known uh, both within the county as well as elsewhere for how we do business, become known for how we work with entrepreneurs, how we support our agribusiness sector, our orthopedic sector and others. So you've talked a number of times about agribusiness uh, and, and that's probably not something that traditionally Warsaw, Kosciuszko County is known for. I mean, it, um, it's surprising all the way back a million years ago in 2000 when we were launching uh, what became Bio Crossroads. Uh, you know, it took outsiders to come in and tell us, you know, that, that Warsaw uh, is and was the orthopedic capital of the world. And, uh, I, and I think it became very successful at sort of touting and creating that brand. But so where is agribusiness coming from? Uh, in your perspective relative to that? Sure. So agribusiness is so foundational to our local economy, to our community. Uh, you think about you know, people who are, are active in the business community, think about the local land usage, think about local elected officials uh, who've been prominent both here locally as well as around the state. Uh, and even now with uh, Kip Tom, a leading agribusiness uh, executive area serving in Rome as U.S. ambassador to the U.N. food and ag programs. And so, you know, well, agriculture is a well-kept secret. One of actually, I'd say many well-kept secrets in the community. Uh, and so our job is to help, you know, bring the, that groups like agribusiness together, find where are the opportunities to work on together? How do we help build the community, build businesses in the area, uh, become even a magnet for entrepreneurs to want to come work with us here because of who we have access to and then help better tell the story. And, and so for us, with all that in mind, uh, it was an easy decision to join Agrinovis, Indiana. We're still the first and only county to join uh, and, and at the board level. So we're, we're there with the decision makers and, and our uh, interests align so closely around uh, helping encourage uh, entrepreneurship and innovation in agribusiness, helping to encourage workforce development, that talent recruitment, talent retention. And then again, also helping tell the story, what we have here. Uh, I think a lot of folks in the agribusiness sector, just speaking generally, would be content to just, uh, just work in their businesses and, and keep their heads down and, and not tell the story. But um, to borrow from the governor, uh, you know, we're done being modest here in Kosciuszko County and we're ready to share that story. Well, I think, you know, as we've done uh, work around our, our sort of our rural economic development model, one of the things that we've been trying to remind people is that traditionally we've treated agriculture as a very passive resource. We, we sort of treat it as we grow something and then we, we ship it someplace else for people to do things with it. Um, and so leveraging that as much more of a raw material or as a more of an active resource, even to the degree that, that I try to get away from using the word commodity as a way of referring to our agricultural production because it seems to imply that we just grow something here and then we let somebody else, you know, add value to it somewhere else. And it seems to me that, that uh, you've sort of then uh, developed that mantra, really focusing much more on the agribusiness side of it. And the next phase, I think, in all of that is to think about, you know, what does ag entrepreneurship look like? Mm -hmm. How are you approaching? How, so you've, you've kind of touched upon that. What does that mean to you in terms of what you're trying to do with your ag sector? 
Yeah, so the near term, what we're doing, uh, number one, building that community, bringing them together on a regular basis. So we have uh, business leaders in the agribusiness sector coming together on a regular basis. Um, you know, frankly, people who might not see each other otherwise or, or share what they're working on. So that, that's, that's supporting entrepreneurship. Um, also working through Agronovus with Dan Dawes, their senior director for entrepreneurship, to make sure uh, we're working through uh, with, with Agronovus to be part of events like the Thrive uh, the Forbes Ag Tech events, the Thrive Innovation events, uh, and actually we've we've hosted a few of the winners of the Forbes Thrive uh, Innovation Icon Award here for visits, with the goal of them helping helping those startup companies, those, those high growth potential companies that are being recognized, helping them connect with uh, prospective customers we have in our area. And so, uh, you know, I've heard you know again since that both of those visits they've been able to connect and work find ways to work with companies here. Uh, and so those are a couple of near term tasks. I mean, also though bring together our work around entrepreneurship and talent, uh, hosting an ag uh, innovation high school hackathon event uh, back in January, which seems like a long time ago. Uh, we had seven high school teams from four high schools you know, go through a day-long hackathon and come up with some pretty cool ideas of how to hack uh, business solutions um, you know, from protecting farm and agriculture workers all the way toward encouraging more housing development in rural communities. So not, not just specific to ag-related ag business challenges, um, and so long-term, though, going forward, I envision us working, again, continuing to work with Agronovus, working with Elevate Ventures, working with Grace College and Ivy Tech here on the ground. Huntington University is, is active here locally. You know, working with our partners and become known as a place where people, you know, want to be here uh, as entrepreneurs to be able to connect with what we have happening here. Uh, and again, it's, it's a small kind of a microcosm of what Agronovus Indiana is promoting statewide. But we do believe we have a very strong case to, be, to make as a leader and to build on the legacy we have, but again, to make sure we're connecting our local companies to opportunities as well as uh, promoting entrepreneurship here as well. Okay, I appreciate that. Thanks. So last topic, and, and this is a, a question that I've posed to many of your peers on, on this series of podcasts. So, uh, so many things have changed in such a short period of time uh, from, from February and now we're, we're talking in June. And, uh, you know, people had, and you've touched upon parts of this. I mean, there were plans in place that, that most of the economic development organizations had. And we now find ourselves in a much different situation in many ways, some of which we're still trying to understand. One of the things that we've heard from, from uh, uh, state elected officials uh, is that, you know, we, we're not going to be able to spend our way out of this. You know, we've seen uh, state, local budgets uh, just decimated uh, mm -hmm. by, by what's happened over the last few months. And we're not going to be able to spend our way out of it. We have to grow our way out of it. And that, back to our theme, is why economic development is more important than ever. How, do you, how will your work be different, um, sort of post-COVID-19? Uh, how do you see the work of economic development being different? Um, going forward, uh, how will your priorities change? And the last question is, how how will you explain to local elected officials why what you're doing is more important than it was even before? Okay, hey, how do we how do we uh, sing for our supper, right? Um, yeah. So there's a lot there, Lee. So let me let me try to check this. So um, you know, we have set up a business model, and we look at this like a business, right? It's a small business. Um, we have a business model that, that's very flexible. It's uh, scalable. We have, there are eight of us. I'm full-time. There's uh, seven other part-time team members 
and our two interns who are actually sitting with me uh, listening today, uh, Alice Manier and Telly Vargas. So thank you both for joining. Um, so, you know, we're able to, to flex and really respond. And so, you know, we are tightening our belts here at Keiko this year. We've, we've, uh, we've at least projected what our business might look like this year with a 20% reduction in revenues. And we're ready to make those adjustments if need be. Um, in terms of how our business model, how our work changes, uh, you know, we continue to build out the same kind of areas of focus uh, around, you know, entrepreneurship, housing, talent, uh, supporting industry sectors like agribusiness and, and uh, um, um, orthopedics, as well as community development, more place-making activities. We continue to promote all that. Uh, these are long-term investments. These are, you know, planting acorns that are going to grow into oak trees. Uh, and so we, we carry forward with it. I think some of the timing changes, I think how we work with companies, again, may change based on near-term versus long-term needs. Um, but we want to be ready when things do pick up because we believe they will pick up. We can't predict what it'll look like, but better days are ahead. And so we want to make sure we're ready to participate in that and for companies here to, to succeed and to participate in that. And frankly, for our communities, both to sustain and to flourish going forward. Uh, and so as far as the rationale of the local elected officials, you know, June is actually the time we begin to share mid-year updates with all the town councils and city councils. I mean, that's the message. We need to be ready to work quickly, you know, creatively with our companies and help them. Uh, had an announcement last week with a company called Extremity Solutions, uh, locating, uh, moving into the tech park, the Warsaw Tech Park. Uh, that's going to create a great windfall uh, for the tech park, uh, both in terms of uh, increment, you know, tax and, and, and uh, property tax, sales tax, income tax increment for the tech park. It's going to help us launch toward building an incubator facility to support the tech park and gives us a great success story to show, you know, look at how this company has decided to continue to grow here and we're helping them, you know, kind of cross the waterfront here with all these different, different questions. And so then, Hey, the question for everybody else is how can we help you? Right. It's not a cookie cutter. And so we need to be again, responsive, just like we would running a small business, looking where the needs are, where the challenges are, but we're ready for it. And I think uh, we just carry forward. So do you think your mix of, of attraction and uh, retention and expansion will change going forward? So for me, it's, it's really all about business development. I mean, if it's helping retain and expand companies, that's developing local business. If it's attracting new companies in or encouraging startups, that's business development. If it comes to more of the product development activities around you know, helping uh, develop the tech park or the Argonne Road Corridor, that, that's still business development. And so, you know, the actual activities, outcomes might look different. Uh, you know, we still have a great network of partners to work with around the state. If it's the Northeast Indiana Regional Partnership, uh, the Regional Development Authority, uh, Craig Snow from, from the area serves on the RDA. Uh, you know, we have great partners to work with. We continue to work with those partners. And again, we just may spend more time near term working on some of this kind of basic uh, work as far as blocking and tackling, responding to local companies with their immediate needs. Uh, or, you know, investing time in some of our entrepreneurship programming or a loan fund or around some of our placemaking activities, but it's still toward the same goal, right, of helping to grow the economy, grow the community, and become known for how we do that. So before we finish, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I didn't uh, pull out of you with, with a specific question? Well, I just appreciate, uh, Lee, you making this platform possible. I appreciate the leadership IEDA is showing helping to have different discussions around our work in economic development. You know, sure, it's important. It's, it's important now more than ever to have people on the ground who are well-prepared, who are, are well-focused, uh, but also who are well-networked to other professionals from around the state and to have a peer network to turn to. 
And so I'm excited about the road ahead. I mean, Indiana certainly uh, did well coming out of the uh, 2008 uh, recession. You know, we showed that we were well prepared, we were resilient, and we, we saw success out of that. So look forward to seeing what the future holds for us and to, again, lead your leadership and the IEDA team uh, helping, us, uh, helping us prepare for that. Alan, as usual, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm always pleased to get to spend time talking with you, even if it's, it's virtual. Uh, so uh, our podcast today has been with Alan Teo, the CEO of the Kosciuszko County Economic Development Corporation. Alan, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Thank you. This has been IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. All content in this podcast is copyright 2020 by the Indiana Economic Development Association and all rights are reserved.